0: Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, January 21, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The range was very, very narrow. The market really didn't go anywhere today to speak of. Basically, when you talk about the SPY, it went down a few cents, It went up a few cents, and it pretty much finished slightly higher by a few cents from where it opened the day before or on Wednesday. There's nothing going on that wasn't here yesterday in the SPY. So from a daily chart perspective, there's really no new information. That's pretty crystal clear. The standard stuff applies. The trend is our friend until she dumps you? That is, in a sense, what has a grip on the market. There's no negative news out there. None that the market wants to perceive as negative. So therefore, there's not a lot of market participation out there, but we have a very, very quiet tape. The volume is less than the 90-day average. When that's the case and we have a lighter volume tape going on, what's the path of least resistance? it's sideways to higher so therefore we're not surprised she's on a grinding chop shop formation higher but at the same time there's no conviction one way or the other on a day like today it's a floating type of situation by the way here's a snapshot of the weekly chart we're not at the close of the week yet that'll come tomorrow afternoon friday afternoon but you can almost see the writing on the wall We don't know exactly how far the market's going to continue before it decides to have any kind of a pullback. And guess what? We can see already where that pullback may bring price before we get some kind of a support situation from wherever it turns. Well, guess what? You have a former breakout area just under this line, this horizontal line at 371.50. We'll call it 371, 370, 369, 371.50, somewhere in that ballpark. So the market's going to go a little higher. It'll eventually come back down to do what? To run a test of a former breakout area. The writing's on the wall. It's kind of like graffiti. Let's talk about another topic, which is, remember, we're looking for a top. Looking for a top and being short are two different things. So I got some emails that indicate, hey, you've been looking for a top, it's killing me on the short side. Those two things don't go together. So let me be clear on a couple of things. Looking for a top, and we've discussed this many times, looking for a top means we're looking for signs and signal of a trend change. When those occur, and by the way, we find those in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. By the way, so when we see one of those, what does it do? It produces something to give us to trade against. That's the point. Right now, the market's at new highs. We don't have a ceiling on the market. We don't know where it is. So if and when the market puts in a sign and signal of a trend change, it gives us something to say, hey, we know if in fact they go higher and close above X price on a daily chart or whatever we're using at the time, then we know that trade is wrong and we have to cut and run until such time as the market puts in a sign or signal of a trend change. There's no reason to be short. The only reason to be short in a case like that is you want to guess, and you're trying to guess, right? You want to catch the top. You want to be the first one in on the last tick at the end. Well, guess what? That's certainly possible. Some of the time for some of the people, the reality is, it's not possible most of the time for most of the people, and we don't really have to try and do it. Here's all we need to know. What we need to know is when the market turns, and it will turn. We're not looking for a two-day event that's gonna be over in the pre-market a couple of days later. We're looking for a turn. There's gonna be plenty of meat left on the bone when it turns. When it turns, it will be the beginning of, of the turn and we know how it works you'll go down you'll have a rip your face off rally it'll seem like everything's fine again they'll go down again they'll pull the rug out back and forth back and forth it drives traders that have no idea what they're doing bananas it gives traders that do know what they're doing a once in a multi-year opportunity we're looking for a top what about inside the numbers do we even need to go over Inside the Numbers today? Basically, the short answer is, not really. The longer answer is, there's always stuff to learn. I am going to scroll up and let you read the notes. That's kind of my deal. I like to show exactly what's under the hood every single day. I show the notes, the whole commentary. I show stocks on the move. It is the product of Inside the Numbers. Therefore, there is no mystery. It's WYSIWYG what you see is what you get since we already know that the range today from high to low was very very narrow we know that there wasn't a good trading day on our hands that's just the way it works but what i urge you to do is pause the video read the notes and just understand the whole concept of what's going on here when there's something to review on the chart go back to the chart double check the work take advantage of the learning opportunities that are in here each and every day there's always something to take away from every single day every single market activity every single tape remember just pause the video read the notes and go back to the charts to double check the work stocks on the move always we want to go over the good the bad and the ugly the charts we'll review today these are the ones that hit their price objectives psx ual and AA. The other two did not, therefore they are no trades. We'll start with Phillips 66. So it was moving in the pre-market, and we came up with two numbers, 7357 and 7231. So here's the deal. This was actually a no trade, so look what happened. You can see here in this candle ending at 1030 in the morning, it's a 15-minute chart, the low is 7358. My number was 73.57. They had a rip away from that number, meaning they traded away. They did the deal without hitting the number. Therefore, anything they do after that on that number for me is a no trade. I talk about that kind of thing all the time. Either way, it would have still worked because they came back in, spiked it through, went back around. They never got to the second number, but you can see what happened. They thought the first number was important because before the end of the day, they rallied back to it one more time. What was support becomes resistance. What was resistance becomes support. And you can see here at the end of the day, what was once support earlier in the day, once they got below it, they rallied back up through the underside of it. It is now resistance and then they traded away. Just garden variety, the way the market works. UAL didn't work. The number was good for a few minutes. The number was good by the end of the day. In the meat of the thing, in the middle of the day, they traded lower. They closed an hour below the stop, which was at... 42 and a quarter, I believe. Wasn't a big shit burger. It was like a little slider. And that's what happened. They rallied back to the number at the end of the day. And like the other chart in PSX, what happened? It became resistance. We're just going to chalk UAL up to, it just didn't work. Alcoa, again, nobody should be taking this trade after it came close, rallied back away and comes back down. It would have worked for a little tiny trade, but at the end of the day, this one was a dud. It didn't work. No harm, no foul. It hit the number, but not in the manner in which we like it. We want to take the trades that have the best possible setup at the best possible number that come into the number in the way we like it. Those are the ones that increase and keep our winning percentage where it should be. You want to take the premium trades. You don't have to be in a trade you only want to be in a trade when the trade is right based on your criteria that's the way this works when you're treating it as a business you have to be your own umpire what's going on over in camp iwm well i'll be damned yesterday they put in a doji candle today they go down that's kind of the way it works by the book But the bigger picture we know is the trend. The trend is up. They're above all the moving averages. There's nothing wrong with this particular chart. However, can they come back in toward home base? What's home base? The 20-period moving average, of course. And the answer is, yes, they can. And that wouldn't do anything negative to the trend. So on one hand, sure, you can have a short-term top and still come down. On the other hand, the uptrend is still very, very strong. Now, that being said, we also have to realize that sometime from somewhere, the trend will change. It doesn't matter how far they are away from home base at the time, the trend will change. Can we say without a shadow of a doubt that the trend didn't change yesterday? And we don't know that. We can trade against yesterday's high in the IWM. We just had that conversation earlier in this video, having something to trade against. The IWM is a good example. We talked about it last night. It put in one of those signs and signal of a trend change. So far, the trend did change from a very short-term perspective. For example, you look at a 10-minute chart, that is a short-term trend change. No question about it. You look at the hourly chart, and all of a sudden, below the 20-period moving average, they have a down move, and they're putting in one of those bearish flaggish kind of patterns you have a move down and here's your flag and another ensuing move generally to the downside will finish that move so all of a sudden you can see where the shorter term charts have already begun to change trend and we know that when this happens short-term charts begin somewhere It morphs onto the longer term charts. That's the way it works. Just based on the information on this hourly chart, where are they going? Well, here's a gap, 211 and a quarter. Maybe they go slightly lower. Maybe they go to 211, maybe all the way to 210. But that's the general area where a trader from an intraday perspective would then be looking for some kind of a scalp trade, intraday bounce type of scenario. If in fact they came into rather quickly, and I'm talking about like tomorrow, I'm not talking about next Thursday. So we're saying on Friday, if we found the IWM down around that 211 neighborhood early in the morning, guess what? It would be likely we would see some intraday support. Just saying. What's going on on the 120 minute chart? So they're riding the 20 period moving average in a bearish, flagish formation. So what's the IWM telling us? The IWM is, in fact, my favorite market-leading indicator. That's no secret. Are these IWM charts telling us that the IWM is turning? Are other things going to follow suit and turn also? Why is the SPY up? Why is the IWM down? It's a good question. Leading indicator. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. What about the folks down at the transportation department? This is interesting. Down two and a quarter, almost 2%. Basically, a take back from yesterday. Now, it is an inside data yesterday, but also we have to note that finished on the lows, finished poorly. It's always how they close them that's more important. So when we start putting things on the table that are meaningful based on this daily chart, we have to look at several things. Above all the moving averages, it's bullish, uptrend, all that stuff. Yesterday was a pretty big up day. Today was an inside day, but yet they finished poorly. I think that outweighs the fact that it was an inside day. I'm calling this a take back from yesterday, finishing on the lows. Pretty big down day of note, puzzle piece on the table coupled with the same day that the IWM was down and puts in those bearish, flaggish patterns. So we have to put all these things together, we stack them up, and when we start to get what I like to call a full stack we have to pay attention. When you flip over to the hourly chart here you have the hourly chart knocking on the door of a breakup candle low. 12,876 and change, guess what? Knocking on the door, does it look like they're going to bounce? They're under these moving averages. You get an hourly close below there, and there's another leg lower in the transport. So the first hour on Friday will be extremely important as it relates to the transports. If they jump up and go back in the other direction up north, and they jump over or open above the moving averages, the 20 and the 50 period moving average, so be it you tip your cap. Right now doesn't look like that's gonna happen. You kind of have one of those inside of an inside of a thing going on. So here's what I'm talking about. So I can make a case that here's a breakup candle low and they're teetering on it right now. That's fine. Could also make a case that this is essentially one long, bearish, wedgish kind of channeling pattern that will ultimately play out in the downside until and unless they get above and close above this breakdown candle high. Well, guess what? They did that, but they failed. So they recaptured this big down move. This bearish pattern has been recaptured. So guess what? Look out below until and unless they get back above these moving averages. That's the way I see the hourly chart. About the folks out in Silicon Valley, new highs yet again. What are we supposed to do with that nothing if you're in it to win it you stay in it until they turn till they reverse if you're not in it it's a spectator sport that's it we have another puzzle piece on our hands the xlf all of a sudden another down day 1.26 percent heading for the 20 period moving average of note puzzle piece on the table guess what when you have the transports down the iwm down the xlf down Why is the S&P and the NASDAQ up? Something will give, one of these divergences will clear itself. Either the XLF and the transports and the IWM will turn around and continue in the northern direction, or the other markets, the other indices will have to catch up and clear up, The other indices will end up going in the southern direction to clear up and catch up with the XLF transports and the small cap guys over in the IWM space. Smash Mouth. Again, another up day, well above all the moving averages. It's overcooked. It's overdone on the upside. They're going to pull back like the other stuff. Yet again, we don't know when, we don't know from what price. So if you're in it to win it, you let it go until the market reverses. Yesterday could have been a sign of a reversal, but it really wasn't, apparently. Today, right back up. Nothing to do at present with smash mouth. Thought we would take some time and look at a few charts of a few stocks, maybe some sectors. We'll look around the horn. I wanna do it from a longer term perspective. I want to do it from a weekly and maybe daily chart perspective. Nothing more, nothing less. What jumps off the page when I look at the weekly chart riding the 20-week moving average, but also in an uptrend? Also, we can make a solid case that they're eating time off the clock, going sideways, building energy for another move higher. However, If they give up the 20 week moving average and start closing below some of the important pivot lows, whether it be on this chart, a daily chart or others, then something else would be developing. But right now, there's technically nothing wrong with the Amazon chart. It is a market leader and you wanna take stock in where the market leaders are relative to other charts. Apple, anything wrong with Apple? Of course not. They're pushing on the highs in an uptrend, again, a market leader. If anybody owns Apple, everybody owns Apple. And when I say that, it's not that everybody owns 100 shares or 1,000 shares of Apple. It is, if you have a 401k, Apple's in there. If you have a pension somewhere, Apple's in there. If you have a mutual fund in stocks, Apple's in there somewhere. That's just the way it works. Facebook. This is interesting, so it will be interesting to see where they close the week in Facebook. Back above the 20-period moving average? Or will they dip back below the 20-period moving average? I think at least for this Friday's close, that'll be important to watch for Facebook. Microsoft, riding the 20-period moving average, having a pretty good week, knocking on the door of the highs. Is there anything wrong with Microsoft? In an uptrend, absolutely not. Nothing wrong with Microsoft. Another market leader, nothing that looks like a crack in the armor at present. Google, another market leader, same routine, nothing wrong with the chart. They will turn at some point from where we don't know. That's why we don't guess. From a symmetrical standpoint, this one could be done for a while, just saying. The XLE, the energy space. So this is interesting We're not looking at something at new highs, we're looking at something making a retracement, which is still in a downtrend. From a long-term perspective, here's a monthly chart, this is in a downtrend. They just hit, or tagged, if you will, the monthly chart 20-period moving average. Until and unless they get above the high of this breakdown candle and trade above this 20-month moving average, no dice. So when we look at the XLE... What do we see? We see trouble ahead. So this is generally a good proxy, long-term, an indicator of what's to come in terms of how people feel about the economy. Why isn't money staying in or rushing in the energy space? Now, there are stocks within the energy space that are doing fine, and there are stocks within the energy space that are not doing fine. It's generally a vote of what's to come with the economy in terms of demand, not necessarily just the U.S. economy. It could be deemed the global economy. Just think about this from a long-term perspective. Is this, can it be? I'm not saying it is. I'm saying this has happened in the past. Umpire calling balls and strikes. Is this a proxy? Is this an indicator for how money managers, in terms of money flow, we vote with our checkbooks, how they feel about the long term health of the economy and demand for energy products. Now, you could take another side to this and say, hey, maybe what this is telling us is we're not liking the Joe Biden administration's take in the energy sector. That doesn't mean there's not an energy sector that's going to be a good investment a la solar, a la alternative energy. They like that kind of stuff. They don't like the traditional energy, your father's Oldsmobile energy, the stuff primarily that's in the XLE. So at a minimum, with this administration, I think we can count on a shift in energy. You can take that as a pun, as a riddle, any way you want. How's the tech XLE spider doing? It's doing just fine. Looks like the Q's. Nothing wrong, nothing to see here. You got to move it along. Retail space, nothing to see here either. Healthcare, anything to see here? Not really. What's next up? How about consumer discretionary? Anything to see here? Not really. What's next up? Retail, we already saw retail. So when you see charts like this, what does it remind you of? It reminds me of all good things come to an end. Is this a blow off top? Maybe you can call it whatever you want. But this is a top of some sort coming to a chart near you. Patience will win the game in the long run. Don't guess. Don't fret. You just wait until the market puts in a top, and I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, they will tell us when the top is in. That, my friends, will give us something to trade against. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.